All right, cool. Garzi, thank you for being here. Of course, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate it. It's always my pleasure. And um, just to get things started, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work, and I want to know more about kind of your background of how you first got into the scene, growing up, going to shows, who were your biggest influences, that sort of thing. Yeah, man, I've been making music since uh, 2017, I want to say, was when I released my first single on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Um, that At the time, that was the only thing I had. I didn't have a Spotify or an Apple, it was just SoundCloud. Um, and I put a single out with my friend, just to, you know, we were just kind of, you know, we were taking it serious, like it was something we wanted to do, but it wasn't like, a, I don't know, I kind of wasn't expecting anything of it or, or much from it, you know. Um, I was hyped when it got like a thousand plays after, you know, like two or three days. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it started, I was like, what, 20 years old, I want to say. And I had just moved back to Miami, Florida, where I'm, I'm, I was born and raised um, from school. I was in university for like a year and a half, and I, I absolutely hated it. It wasn't for me. Um, I just wasn't getting the hang of it, and I, I just wanted to go home and just kind of figure my life out. And so I ended up uh, finishing off the spring semester, and I, I left the beginning of summer, went back home. And um, <clears throat> I ended up linking up one of my old-time, like, homies from school type shit. And he was like, uh, you know, I used to sing in chorus and musical theater and all that. So he knew I used to like to sing, and he started producing, and he was just kind of like, yo, like, we should, you know, just mess around and see what happens. And I was like, I'm down. And then, yeah, we ended up making a couple songs with each other, you know, for fun and, and posting them online. And one thing led to another. And, and, and uh, yeah, before I knew it, I was doing it for real, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And I think it goes without saying, I mean, your music has been described as a blend of hip hop, punk, emo sensibilities. But I'd like to hear in your words what drives this fusion, because I think there are no genres. Of course, this has been the case for some time, but I'd love to hear just... um what your take is on that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely no genre nowadays. I, I think I think everything just kind of blends and meshes with each other, um, which is really sick. And I was always like, a, you know, I was always into like emo, just like rock. Um, I think nowadays, I, I've been exploring my musical taste a lot more nowadays and kind of just diving deeper into everything, which is not something I used to like doing when I was young. I just kind of liked whatever I found and was easy to find, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now looking back, I'm kind of like, oh, it's probably, you know, like the bands that I liked or bands everyone like made fun of, like the real cool hardcore kids or like, you know, like emo kids are like, oh, like, you know, this is the poser shit. But, you know, I was into like Fall Out Boy and Paramore and fucking, you know, like a bunch of Warped Tour bands like Silverstein and fucking uh, who else, man? It, it goes on and on. Um, and so that was always a really big influence for me. And then sometime in high school, I want to say like senior year, I kind of started getting into rap a little bit. I never really liked rap that much before. It was kind of like my brother's thing. And whatever my brother liked, I didn't like that much. Um, and so he was always into that. And so I kind of stayed away from it. But at some point, I just kind of, you know, it, was, it just started becoming more and more popular. And, you know, I was growing up and just kind of like all my homies were into that. And so I wanted to belong a little bit, I think. And so I kind of just started getting into that. And then I ended up really enjoying it and finding, you know, that was around the time like artists like Trippy Red and Lil Peep and all those kind of guys were doing their thing. And I was realizing that now, oh, like, you know, they're, they're kind of doing this with a little bit of rock influence. And like, I know about that. Like, I'm into that, um, you know, so I can do that, too. And so um, initially, like the music was kind of like on the emo rap side of things. And I think that was just kind of like the beginning and just kind of I felt like that was a way to get my foot into the door, you know, um, yeah. and then get to where I want to be to start doing what I want to do for real. So 
Um, it's definitely been a little bit of a journey, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely influenced by a lot of things. Um, I think more days I, 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 I'd go against like the 808s and all that. Like I don't use that as much nowadays, um, but there's definitely still, you know, parts in the song where we're flowing a little bit or, you know, rapping, especially on some of these new ones. We've got a little, a couple parts like that where it's really flowy. And I feel like I always kind of just bring a little bit of that to the song just naturally. It's just kind of like what I do by instinct. Um, but yeah, man, I'm definitely just influenced by a lot of different things and whatever comes out. I don't overthink it either. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm in the studio, like, oh, like, let's blend these two things and let's, you know, let's make this like that. Just kind of like whatever I'm, I hear, you know, whatever I feel is just kind of what comes out. So Fair enough. So let's delve into your discography then. I want to start with your single mess featuring Kellen Quinn. Um, it's something that's interesting to me because it embraces the concept of accepting one's own personal mess. So what was the inspiration behind this track and how has embracing your own mess shaped your music and personal life? Yeah, I mean, I feel like at the time my, my, my life was kind of in a weird place. Um, I feel like we've, we've just kind of gone back to a good place um, in my career. Um, it was weird, obviously COVID was happening in 2020. Um, and so that kind of took me out of a lot of things and I lived in Miami at the time. So it wasn't like I was, you know, there wasn't really a scene for, for like emo or rock or any of that kind of, uh, you know, sound down there. So it was weird. Um, and I, I was independent again. I, I had left big, at the time I was signed to Big Noise in 2020. And then we put out the EP with Sick of Me and all those songs. And then I left um, and I was independent. And so during, I think, the summer of 2020, I moved to L.A., and, um, you know, I just, it was a lot of figuring out to do, you know, my life. And you know, I just moved. I, I didn't have any managers. I fired my managers. Um, so I really just kind of hit the reset button. And it just kind of felt like everything was in shambles and close to just kind of blowing up. And then, you know, slowly but surely we ended up, you know, I found a new manager. We got a new deal. We, you know, started recording again and things just kind of started looking up and getting better and better. Um, but mainly just because I never, you know, I didn't let it get to me to the point where it's like, all right, I quit or I'm going home or like, you know, you just kind of got to ride it out. You know, if you really love it, you're just going to do it anyway. Um, and so I just kind of rid it out. And we finally got to the place where it was good. And um, Mess was one of the first songs I think we, we made for that EP, if not the first song. It might have been the first song we made for that EP, Careful What You Wish For. Um, and that was, I think we started recording that in uh, 2021 or the beginning of 2022, I'd say. Um, yeah, I probably recorded that song like a month or two before it came out. Um, and yeah, you know, I just felt like that was an appropriate topic and just kind of something I related to at the, at the time. And, you know, at, since it was easier to look back in retrospect and, and see my life like that now that it was getting better, you know. And so I was able to just kind of put that out and, you know, shout out Kellen for, for wanting to hop on the song and, and being so cool. And, you know, he took me out on tour afterwards. So, yeah, he, he's a super dude and it, it was a really cool release. That was something I think made my inner child really happy. And I'm so happy that it did well, you know. Um, so, yeah sick i love that song it's one of my favorites absolutely so let's speak some more to the theme of collaborations because um obviously you've also worked with travis barker and i would love to hear what that experience was like uh for you because i know a lot of um the the people that i respect and look up to in the scene yourself included have had the opportunity to work with him but what was that experience like yeah, man, he was he was cool. He's he's a really chill and quiet guy. He doesn't really say too much when you're when you're around him. Um, I've only been around him like maybe twice, um, and both times he was real quiet, really respectful, really cool, really open to try whatever, and really down to collaborate and just make something cool, which is sick. Um, and yeah, it was dope. I remember seeing him record some of the drums for Sick of Me live in, in uh, 
John Feldman's studio, and that was like, I was like, damn, man, you know, this is crazy. I, I was sitting there in the back kind of recording low-key, you know. Um, so, yeah, he, he was really cool. It was, a, it was a fun time and just kind of a surreal experience, I think. I was a big fan of, of Blink growing up. And so, yeah, that was a really, really f cool moment and a full circle moment, I think. Absolutely. So speaking to cross-genre collaborations, things of this nature, I want to get your take on what your thoughts are on the current state of the scene, what the current state is of these cross-collaborative genres and music, and maybe just the music scene as a whole. Um, how have you seen it evolved, and where do you see it currently? Um, I mean, I think it's an ever-changing thing. It always changes every year. It's something different, something new. Sound changes slightly. Mm -hmm. What people are into is slightly different. You know, like I think this has been a very big year for like grungy, grungier sounding things, you know, like Deftones kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. um, was definitely like a big time this year, last year, um, and so I think it's something that's always changing. I think people are always looking to, you know, I think right now people are kind of starting to get sick of the TikTok thing and kind of making songs to fit for TikTok and then promote it. You know, like I don't, I don't knock anyone's hustle. I think that's all sick and cool, and you do you. For me, it doesn't you know? It's not my thing. I'm not trying to. I think it makes the music cheap in a way. Um, it kind of takes away from the music a little bit. And so I kind of, you know, there's a right way to do things too. Not that you shouldn't use TikTok. I think there's a lot of people on TikTok that promote their thing, their, their music in a really cool way. You know what I mean? A really mm -hmm. fresh way. Um, and so that's what I'm always kind of striving for. And so I think a lot of people are kind of still on that, like, you know, it's just kind of corny right now, I think, in a lot of ways. But there are definitely, mm -hmm. you know, there's two sides of the spectrum, bro. There's definitely a lot of people that are corny and just kind of, you know, doing whatever just to get something to stick and, and do it. But the, the people that are real and, and, and really doing it and that are really sick are still also out there. So I think those are going to be the people that start to really come to the front lines a little bit more going forward, which is going to be really cool to see. I think uh, authenticity, which is always something that's important in music, but I think that's something that's becoming increasingly important in music. Um, you know, like I said, not just writing something that you think other people are going to enjoy, you know, writing something that's actually important to yourself and, you know, that you have experience with. So, yeah, I think that's uh, I think those are the really cool things that are coming forward and are going to start happening and shifting in the scene this year type shit. So cool. I appreciate your take on that. And yeah, speaking to. Yeah. Speaking to that, there's a couple of genres. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, everyone, it's Akiva here. And before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a moment to talk about something incredibly important, mental health. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy accessible and affordable for everyone, breaking down the barriers that often make finding the right therapist so daunting. With BetterHelp, it's all online, making it easier to start your therapy journey from the comfort of your own space. On my creative journey as an artist and designer, I faced my fair share of challenges. I've always believed in the transformative power of therapy to provide perspective and tools for dealing with life's hurdles. Signing up is straightforward. Head over to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, dot com slash Akiva Alpert. When you use this link, not only do you support our show, but you also get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp understands that the therapist-client relationship is crucial. So if you feel the need to change therapists for any reason, you can do so easily and without extra charges. Thank you, BetterHelp, for supporting our community and making mental health care more accessible. Visit BetterHelp, that's better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Akiva Alpert, or click the link in our show description. That have kind of entered the conversation again. I've been having this conversation a lot lately, specifically shoegaze and new metal. And yep. I would just like to hear your take on these. 
Yeah, um, I love shoegaze, bro. Like, I love that, bro. Um, I'm a really big fan of, uh, like, fucking, what's the band I've been listening to? Like, Title Fight. Obviously, I've been listening to Title Fight a ton. Um, and a bunch of bands like that. Super Heaven. Um, you know, just, like, so many sick bands with such a sick sound. Um, that I really wasn't hip to until recently. Like, I've, I've been listening to Title Fight. I've known since probably, like, high school. I've listened to them since high school. But was never like a massive fan of that sound, and so like I said, like this year or last year, you know, diving back into you know my roots and just kind of like going deeper into it, um, I really kind of discovered a new love for that sound specifically. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's cool, and like I think people are attracted to that because it sounds, it doesn't sound so overproduced. I think a lot of music nowadays is really overproduced and really electronic. You know, people aren't making it with real amps and and pedals, and you know, they aren't doing it real anymore it's all through the computer and programmed um and so i think you know the people who do those kind of sounds and do it well it's all real you know and they have to really know what they're doing it's not just like yeah i'm going to la for a couple of weeks and getting in the studio with so and so and just like you know making everything on the computer it's like nah like we're flying to like philadelphia in the cut and you know like getting a bunch of amps and all the you know having the whole band there and we're all like recording and writing together you know so um i think People like Will Yip is a really big uh, person in that kind of scene, in that world and, and, and sound. Um, and he, you know, has a big hand in informing those kind of things. And we're actually making the, we've been in the process of recording an album. We're actually recording with him. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I'm stoked going forward, bro. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big year for sure. Let's speak a little bit more to that. That's interesting, like this take on analog versus digital. I mean, this has yep. been a, a point of contention for a lot of people. What is your take on that in the most abstract terms? I'm very curious. I mean, bro, again, whatever works for you. Also, not everyone has access to, you know, necessarily the equipment or someone with the equipment or even the mm -hmm. funds to record. You know, recording something is, is so hard. It's so expensive, you know. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience. So again, whatever works for you and however you do it, it's all good. You know, people who are truly talented, I think, and meant to really be doing it are going to, they're going to make the fire in whatever setup and whatever situation, you know what I mean? So I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. It's really about just what you enjoy and what you want to portray. And I think uh, for myself personally, for this album that we're in the middle of making, <clears throat> that was something that was important to me. You know, I, I would just want it to feel... Like I wanted to, I, I've done the whole like hopping from session to session and putting random songs together and making a project so many times, you know, that's how every one of my EPs has been made, you know? Um, and so I think for the album, I wanted it to feel special to me. Like even if it doesn't, you know, no one needs to know any of that. They don't have to, you know, feel any kind of way about that. I just wanted that experience for myself. I wanted to know what it was like to make a real album, um, do it, you know, in a slightly more real way. Um, and I think it's been a really cool experience. I mean, I think it's given me a lot more insight on how things are done. It's given, it's inspired me to, to uh, you know, I, I picked up a guitar last year and started learning how to play guitar because of that. You know, it's inspired me to want to, you know, master my craft a little bit more and get more into it. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, like, again, whatever works for you. But I think that's just where my head was at the moment, you know. Okay. Yeah. And I'd like to talk some more about the album. I know you probably can't reveal too much, but is there anything that you could discuss? Well, we've been uh, making this since we started uh, like pre-production on the album in April of last year, I want to say. We did about a month or a month and a half of that, just gathering, you know, random vocal parts. And our main thing at the time was riffs, just coming up with really sick riffs. Um, and then, like I said, Will Yip was gracious enough to take on the project and, you know, produce it. 
So we went out in May to record two singles for a week, I think, and did that. And that was a great, you know, meet Will and see if we vibed and clicked. And that was a super sick experience. And so then we ended up coming back. We did like another week or so of, uh, you know, it's like random riffing, just getting some more parts. And then uh, in November, I flew out for three weeks to do the bulk of writing and production. And that went really, really well. And so we, right now we've got about, I want to say eight or nine songs. I think the album's probably going to be like 10 songs. I want it to be a good 10. Um, and the first single should be coming out in March. So stay Excellent. tuned soon. Of course. Yep. So kind of uh, touching on a different subject, you know, we were talking about earlier what it was like, you know, you being influenced by the scene and of course being an artist within it at this point. Can you share any moments maybe during your career that you felt particularly surreal from that experience of someone enjoying it to being in it? Maybe it was meeting somebody in particular or just having a, a crazy moment. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think on the first tour that I ever did with Zero Nine Thirty Six and Fame on Fire, I kind of was just like, damn, this is crazy. You know, like, I, yeah. I, I'm really doing it. And, like, that was kind of at the time where it was like, you know, we had just kind of started, you know, we had just gone the deal. We had just put out, like, mess, um, you know, so things were just kind of starting to get better. And then we got the tour, and so I was so hyped. Um, and that was such a struggle, man. That tour was crazy. I was all by myself in a Honda Civic. I'd rented the car. And drove. I didn't have like anyone with me, bro. No band, no nothing. I was just doing karaoke basically every night um, off my phone and then driving to every fucking city for six weeks straight, seven weeks straight, some shit like that. Um, so that was that was brutal, but we got through it and it was a really cool experience. Um, and yeah, I think after that, it was kind of just like, damn, like, you know, like this is what it was like. To, this is what it is. You know, you, you make music, you put music out, you tour, and it's lit. You know, it doesn't, I feel like people, don't feel like they're really doing it or they're really artists unless they've got like a million monthly listeners or they're rich or like, you know what I mean? Like they're really doing it on like a crazy level, but it's like, it doesn't take doing it on like the, the most extreme level to, to be like in it for real. You know what I mean? Um, so I think at that time was kind of when I realized like, yeah, this is sick. Like I really do this and I'm, I'm grateful, you know? Let's speak to that. Let's speak to authenticity because this is something that we've discussed a little bit in this conversation. It's something that of course resonates with me and I'm, 100% sure yourself as well. Yeah. You do see a lot of things out there that are very time and place. They feel like it is just chasing a trend. How do you balance your own authenticity? And maybe you could just speak to your thoughts on authenticity as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone obviously, it, it's so easy to want to go in and be like, oh, like, let's make something that, every, you know, obviously everything you make, you want everyone to love. You know, you don't want to make something mm -hmm. that people don't like. So it's easy to fall into the hole of just like, all right, look, let, this is what's working for people right now. Let's do this, you know. Um, I don't know how the people should approach that. But to me personally, it just doesn't work. You know, if I wanted to be like, yeah, like this is, you know, like, let's copy this. It's like that it never really works out that way for me, you know. And I, it's it's harder, honestly, if anything. And so I think I've realized and people don't necessarily usually like that because you can feel it. You know what I mean? You feel that when you're listening to something. It's like, oh, this isn't right. This doesn't feel like them. You know, um, and so I think for me personally, it's just been, you know, just like do what comes out naturally, you know, trust your instincts, you know, don't think you know, it's a lot of times I'm like, oh, maybe this, you know, I, I, I definitely second uh, guess myself a lot. I'm like, oh, like maybe this isn't as cool as I think it is, you know, but that's like the thing right there. Like, no, like maybe it is, you know, people may just fuck with that a lot. You know, you never know, but at least, you know, and I'd also rather fail 
from my own ideas or my own, you know, like I'd rather do what I think is right and fail than do what someone else thinks is right and fail. You know what I mean? And so I'd rather trust myself at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, it's my music. And I have to remember I'm not making it for other people, even though I want other people to, you know, tap in and enjoy and be able to take something from it. It's not created for other people or, or to blow up. It's I created it because I feel the need to create it because I want to, you know what I mean? Um, so absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love hearing your thoughts on that. That was very articulate. Hell yeah, very man. Thank good. You. Of course. That. Let's let's touch back briefly on your discography. Higher is when I first came across your work, and I was listening to that song all day on repeat when hey, I first heard yeah. it. Hell yeah. yeah. So I'd love for you just to speak to Higher, um, in particular, your motivations behind it, maybe some intricacies that we may not know. Yeah, man. Fucking shit. That was back in like 2019, I think. Yep. Um, I had, uh, I think I had just signed to Capitol Records. I don't remember if I made it before I signed or after I signed. It was all like around the same time. Um, I was out in LA and I started working with, uh, what's his name? Fuck Jimmy Duvall. Sorry. <laughs> um, he had like a little place in the Hills and, uh, I was doing some sessions with him like a week long thing where we were just recording a bunch of different shit. And, um, that was one of the songs we had made and, and um, Capital, okay, yeah, I think it was before I signed to Capital. We had set up the sessions. I was up there working with them for like a week, and we had made a, a batch of songs. And then we signed Capital, sent it to them, and they liked that song. So like, yeah, like let's put this one out. And so I was like, all right, sick. It honestly wasn't one. Of, it wasn't like my favorite song out of the batches. I didn't really like that song that much at all. I was kind of like, damn, like that's the one they like. Um, <laughs> but it also sounded a lot different at the you know before you know the earlier versions sounded a lot different. So. Um, once we got to where it is now, I was like, all right, this is pretty sick. Like, I like this. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a weird time. I was like 22, maybe. Um, I'm 26 now for, for reference. Um, so a while ago. I forgot the rest of the question. What would you want to know? My bad. I, no, I think that's it. I think if there was any nuances to the song, but I think you answered many of them. Yeah, dude. Um, I was fucking, yeah, we were just like on a bender that week, you know? So that was just kind of the vibe. And we were just like, yeah, man, that was, it was sick. It was a, it was a, it was a weird time, but that was also like at the beginning, uh, that was like one of the first songs that I made when I started transitioning from like the emo rap shit into like the real rock shit. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um, and so that one, that one's still like a, like trappy, like rock vibe. Um, but then we released My Temptations after that song, like a month or two after that song. And um, that one was kind of like the first, uh, like, like just full band track, you know, not really like 808. I think we had like 808s in that still, but not like, it wasn't like the center of the song, you know what I mean? It was kind of like in the background, not really noticeable. So yeah, that was like kind of the beginning of the transition where things got, it also just got weird at the time because, you know, that was the sound that people wanted and I was like known for and I was trying to transition into something else and they were like nah like nah like we don't want that like we want this i'm just like like yeah that's sick but like nah like i'm not into that anymore you know so yeah okay so. fair enough fair enough so what are some potential misconceptions that people may have about you as an artist is there anything you can speak to if any at all i don't know honestly i don't know i don't I don't know. I don't even bring up like the fact that I'm an artist to people when I meet them, right? You know what I mean? If people don't yeah. know. Like I don't bring it up or say it or anything. Someone asks, and I'm like, okay. Usually people think I'm a rapper. Obviously, you know, I got the dreads. I'm, you know, I'm light skinned They're like, oh, like you're, you've got to be a rapper. Like when they say like, what kind of music you make? I'm like, they definitely think I'm gonna say rap. And I'm like, no, nah, I make rock music. You know? And they're like, oh, really? Like that's so cool. Like I would have never guessed. And I'm like, yeah. Um, so maybe that, you know. Um, but besides that, I don't, I don't really know. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
<laughs> and I, I would like to hear you kind of opine on an experience that you had not too long ago. In, in the most general of terms, you can get into it however you wish. There was an issue with Craig Owens. And I'm kind of curious about what that experience was like because, you know, he was kind of an OG in the scene. But, you know, I was one of the people watching that from afar who was obviously appalled. And yep. so I would just love to hear it, uh, whatever you wish to speak to. And, and Yeah, man. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have an issue telling my story, you know. Uh, of course. But that whole thing was weird as fuck. I'm like, honestly, it doesn't even like, like it's already in the past for me. Uh, but yeah, we were on tour with Escape the Fate. Shout out Escape the Fate. Uh, it was Escape the Fate, Drugs, uh, Point North, Stitched Apart, and then me opening up. Um, we were out for six weeks and everything was going well, bro. It was a good tour, you know, it was good enough. It wasn't like the greatest tour though. Obviously some shows were a little light, some shows were packed. Um, it was, it was different every night. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, we ended up getting to like Texas, which was like halfway. And then his bassist ended up, which was kind of like the homie to everyone on tour. You know, we all loved him. Um, he ended up getting really heated one day and we were all just kind of like, what the fuck's going on? Um, and he was like, yeah, man, like, yeah, like I'm out of here. Like I'm leaving. And we were all just like, no, like, why are you going to leave? Don't leave. And um, he was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm, he didn't really want to get into it or tell anybody anything. He was just like, yeah, man, like I'll tell you guys when the tour's over, I'm going home. See you later. And I was like, okay, like that's crazy. And so we were all bummed that he left, but we knew something had gone down obviously. And so we were like, what the heck? So whatever, that was probably halfway fast forward, you know, two weeks later, we're in Portland, Oregon. You know, we're in Washington, uh, Seattle. We played the show. Show went well, whatever. We're out for, get, for drinks. And um, it comes to my attention, once we're out drinking, whatever, that the issue was actually towards me. And I was like, oh. And, and not just me, but Mixie as well, the singer of Stitched Apart. Um, and I was just kind of like, oh, well, that's really weird. I, I didn't think it had anything to do with me. Obviously, I'm just thinking, oh, my friend's upset. Something happened to him, you know. Um, and so it comes to my attention that it was about me. Um, they tell me what was said that, you know, Craig was upset one day that tickets weren't selling the best for a lot of the shows, you know, all the shows were great. And so he was kind of upset and bummed that like, yo, like we should be selling more and having a better crowd. And he felt that the issue was because of the lineup and that I was solely at the, the tour because I, I was, I'm black. Um, and I was a diversity hire and that Mixie was there because she's a girl and, and brings in the girls, you know, and a female fan base. Um, and that just didn't stand with me, bro. You know, it didn't fly with me. I was upset. I didn't like that. Um, at first, I was kind of just like, oh, like, that's what a loser, you know, like, whatever, fuck that. And then, like, it kind of just, like, started gnawing at my conscience, you know. I was just kind of like, what the heck? Like, that's really weird. The fact that I saw, like, you know, black kids at his shows, you know, enjoying his music and buying his merch. And I was just like, you know, that's kind of whack. You know, I really didn't like that. And so the last show was the day after in Portland. And I went on stage and ended up, you know, putting him on blast. I just said, what was up? You know, I called him out, said what was up, and that was it. And I, left, I just left it there. You know, I didn't really want to make it a whole internet thing. I did post on my story not that long ago about the whole thing um, simply because I saw, you know, a lot of my f friends still following him. I saw a lot of people that I follow still going to show. I saw him still touring and nothing happening, you know. And I think it's whack that this scene is the first to cancel people over things you know what i mean and call people out on their bullshit and you know the scene loves to make a fuss about shit but when it came to that they didn't really want to back that up you know i just thought that was kind of funny but to, like i said to me it wasn't about the internet shit or getting anyone canceled that's not my goal i don't give a fuck about that i don't play that game like that's not what it is to me i just want to put the information out there you can do what you want to do with the information if you still fuck with them you still fuck with that that's you you know what i mean 
Um, but at least you people are made aware and, you know, people that look like me should not be supporting him. You know what I mean? And at least now they have the information and they still want to after that's on them, bro. You know what I mean? Like I said, I have no, no goals of ruining anybody's lives or doing anything. I just want my story to be known and, and be told. And, and that's that, you know? Absolutely. Well, I speak for myself, certainly when I say, I mean, the transparency was amazing. Oh, I think yeah. it's so important to air out air out these things as they occur seriously yep. and they must be known. So, and it was metal as fuck for you to do that. I remember. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to stand happened. up for yourself, no one's going to stand up for you, bro. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, we're artists and we're in the position, the, the whole thing, you know, it's like we're role models, bro. You know, people look up to you and, and, you know, take the way you act by example. And it's like, if I let people walk on me or say shit about me or treat me some kind of way and, and not stand up for myself, what are people that look like me in their life when they are in a similar situation, similar situation, how are they going to react if if they see that? You know, maybe maybe they're going to back down the same way and not stand up for themselves. And it's like, nah, man, like I want to give people the power to stand up for yourself and do what's right to yourself. You know what I mean? And to others. Let's speak to that briefly because you're a very important voice in the scene. And yep. so I think it's necessary we continue this topic just a little bit to preface I've been going to shows since 2004, and as much as I've seen a lot of camaraderie, a lot of representation, um, basically basically a lot of self-expression, I've equally seen as much as many horrible things, you could say, even directed towards me. Um, for example, my experience was going to shows being Jewish, which had its own set of circumstances. But the point is this, you're such an important voice in the scene. How would you like to see the scene as a whole change or improve? you know, especially as it pertains to representation. Hey, man, I th my motto in life is live and let live, bro. That's it, man. I think everyone yeah. should be allowed to enjoy the music they want to enjoy, enjoy the space they want to enjoy. You know what I mean? Go to the shows they want to, do what they want to do with the shows in, within reason. Obviously, don't be an asshole and, you know. Uh, of course. But yeah, bro, just live and let live, man. It's like I feel like people are always just looking. And obviously, if someone's a piece of shit, you know, like – we got to get that person out of there. You know what I mean? I think everyone just needs to be a better fucking person at the end of the day. Stop being fucking whack. There's no need to be fucking whack. Um, you know? Um, and just, yeah, I think people are looking for for drama. I think people feed on drama. They enjoy the drama. And I just think that takes away from the music and from the good things of what this is all about. And so I just want to see less drama. I want there to be less drama. Obviously, if drama is, you know, deserved, then, you know, if someone did something, it's deserved, whatever. But, like, I would love to see less drama and just more more love for the music, more enjoyment for the music. Absolutely. I mean, that's what's supposed to unite all of us. Absolutely. Yep. It's just our appreciation for the art. Yep. Well, well, fantastic. Let's speak to social media culture then, because so many changes have happened over time in two ways. Yep. Technologically being the first, MySpace, Facebook, Instagram, now TikTok. I would like to speak to that first part of it, and then we can get to the second. How yep. do you think things have shifted in terms of social media culture as an artist? Well, it's obviously become like, you know, it's what you need in order to promote your music, you know, mm -hmm. to get your music heard, get your music out there. I think it's, you know, I think it's almost as important as making the music, which is not something that I'm a fan of. I don't think that's cool at all. I think it's kind of whack. I'm like, damn, it's lame. But mm -hmm. it is important. I remember when I was coming up, like on SoundCloud, you know, people are always like, oh, like, what did you do to like, you know, get here? Or, like, you know, keep doing it. And I'm just like, you know, I, at the beginning, like I was just following a lot of like what I would see, you know, if, I, I, if there was someone that was kind of similar in sound to me or in style or whatever it may be. And I was like, okay. And, and like a similar level to my, you know, my level, I was kind of like, all right, what are they doing to, you know, 
progressed. And at the time, like you said, everything changes. So this is a couple of years. This is like 2017, you know, yeah. a while ago now. But, you know, I saw a lot of people putting their music under certain YouTube channels, right? Like uh, the YouTube channels that would post songs all day, right? They would get their songs placed on these YouTube channels. They would do these, you know, get them placed with, on a review YouTube channels where people were reviewing the song. And, uh, you know, just a bunch of little different tricks like that that I would do. Um, and, uh, you know, and like, social media was important back then, too, but it wasn't what it is now. It wasn't like the primary. I don't think it, it still wasn't like the primary way people were finding music. Like they were finding music there, but it wasn't like the way, you know, um, and TikTok wasn't even around. So it's like, bruh, um, I can't even picture what this would look like now. You know, I can't even remember what it's like without TikTok. TikTok is everything nowadays. Um, and so, yeah, I think over the years that's just become increasingly more important. It's almost like the music is not the important part, which is crazy, you know, cause that is the important part. That's the, that's, that's the product you're selling, you know? So at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, but it's like, I, I know so many people that make amazing music and just have no, no presence because of the social media thing, you know? And I think that's just so whack. Um, but it is what it is. You know, you got to learn to play the game for what it is, or at least to how you like to play it. Like, I'm not the best, I don't think. I think that's something that also hurts my music. It hurts me. Hey, everyone. Akiva here. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to a revolutionary tool that's changing the game for artists and designers everywhere, the Muse 2 headband. So what exactly is Muse 2? It's a cutting-edge headband equipped with advanced EEG technology designed to monitor your brain's activity. This isn't science fiction. It's a real tangible tool that tracks how well you focus, sleep, and recharge. By providing real-time feedback on your brain's activity, Muse 2 guides you through meditation sessions, helping you understand and improve your mental state. It's like having a personal trainer, but for your brain ensuring you're always in the optimal state for creativity and productivity. Imagine reducing your stress, feeling more calm and relaxed, and enjoying a boost in focus and clarity. Muse 2's EEG sleep support technology has been shown to improve sleep quality. That means waking up refreshed, recharged, and ready to conquer the creative challenges of the day. It's backed by the best, renowned institutions like Harvard, NASA, and the Mayo Clinic, not to mention over 200 published research studies. And because I believe in the transformative power of Muse 2, I've partnered with them to offer you an exclusive 15% discount. Just use my code at choosemuse.com slash Akiva Alpert and start your journey towards enhanced focus, creativity, and well-being today. It's like I'm not the most active person on social media. I'm not out there doing the corny TikToks. I, I just I just won't do it, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not against TikTok. Like I said, there's cool ways to do it. It's just not, just not my thing, at least not right now. Um, and Instagram, like I post, but I only post when I feel like I have something to say. I'm not like obsessed. I feel like a lot of people are also just obsessed with like the feeling they get of posting a picture and getting their likes and, and people call, you know, it's like, I'm not, it's not, that doesn't fuel me, bro. Like I, I try to avoid people at all costs and avoid attention yeah. at all costs. Like I don't like the attention, you know, we just did a, a headline show, my first headline show in LA on Saturday, um, over at permanent records and we sold it out and I was so hyped. Um, but I, the whole day, man, I was just so sick to my stomach. Cause I thought like 10 people would show up. Um, and then when I found out that, you know, we had basically sold out, I got even more nervous. Now I'm like, oh, fuck, like there's actually people now I'm even, there's even more pressure, you know? So I try to avoid that at all costs, but it is what it is. You know, it is important and you, you do have to, you have to do what you gotta, you don't want to do sometimes in order to, to make things work. So fantastic. Hell yeah, so man. This, so the second part of that in dealing with kind of, to your point, the attention, social media, what comes next, in your opinion, in terms of futurism, in terms of AI, 
and that the way that that's going to either enhance or perhaps take on a whole new role maybe in your life or maybe just your general thoughts? Honestly, I have no idea, bro. Like that's like the whole AI thing is crazy to me. Um, I yeah. think it'd be cool to get new music from artists that have passed, you know, or even yeah. finished albums that, that aren't, you know, maybe aren't finished. It'd be cool to hear them get finished with an AI voice or just like, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know how we would use it for, for myself personally. I don't know. Um, I'm just going to end the game replaced. We're going to be like, yo, fuck, we don't need Garzy for real. We'll just fucking use his fake voice. You know, so I don't really know, but um, I think it's a cool, a cool tool. I think it'll, I think we'll find ways of putting it to use in the future for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. No, it is very crazy, and I don't think anyone can predict it. That's why it's yeah, so interesting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it, I yeah. think it can go in so many different ways. Um, I can't even comprehend. That's what I'm saying. I can't even comprehend at the moment. It's like I, I just have to wait and see what happens and what comes of it. But already, it's like just seeing people make, you know, like the Ghost Rider dude who did like the Drake and, and the Weekend uh, yeah. song. Like that was that was crazy. You know what I mean? Like that's sick. And I think we'll see a lot of that in the future. Um, and they've already started like trying to regulate it and you know put rules on. And you know, I think that's it's it's one of those things that kind of just like now they've got to have lawyers go in and kind of build this area of music law and everything, you know, um, that didn't exist because we didn't have that technology before. So yeah, I think that we're still in the very early stages and we'll, we'll just have to wait and see where it goes. Fair enough. Well, on the tail end of this conversation, I would like to discuss fashion, but since we're talking about AI, I'd like to talk a little bit about your thoughts on the Apple vision pro. Have you seen anybody walking around wearing it? What do you think about that as a whole? I haven't seen them in person yet. Um, I have an Oculus. I got that like last year and I was like, all right, this is cool. I used it for like a week and I was like, all right, I'm like kind of over it, you know? Um, so that kind of like didn't put a bad taste in my mouth for VR headsets, but it just was like, all right, they're not really my thing. But I, I actually watched like an hour long video like review on the Apple ones. I was like, oh, that's so sick. Because like the Oculus, you can't walk around in public and see everything, right? Like the Apple sure. ones are more like augmented reality, you know, like you see what's in front of you, but you can add the little screens, whatever, whatever, you know, whereas the Oculus is like you're in like a virtual room or something and then you mm -hmm. can have like your little screens and shit. Um, I think they're really sick. If I, if I, I don't know, maybe I'll buy a pair just to fuck around and see what's up. I think they're cool. I would love to see something a little bit more uh like practical i'm not gonna well i'm not gonna be the fool walking around with a big headset on in public but you know if i had like contacts or like some cool shades or something like that'd be sick for sure um but yeah man technology's crazy bro technology's sick hell yeah so let's speak to fashion as a whole what are your thoughts on that what are you feeling right now and how big of a role does that play in your life I'm not really, I went through like a, like when I was younger, like I was into like, the, yeah, like I need designer and like need to be like dripped up and like fresh. I think the importance of um, like all that is fading. I don't think it's as important anymore, at least not like in designer. I think fashion is still very much a, a heavy thing and people are very into it. I think it's just shifted from being like, okay, like designer it out to like actual fashion, finding things, making everyday clothes work for you and look sick. You know what I mean? Like now people love like baggy shit, you know? Um, wow. I was into like skinny pants forever. I love skinny pants. I still love skinny pants, you know? But I've gone, I used to hate, hate baggy shit. I would never wear any baggy shit. Uh, but now I'm like super into like baggy pants and baggy shirts and just like being comfortable. And again, it's about expressing yourself and being your own person and your own personalization. So I think whatever works for you is what works, you know, and just it's all about confidence. You know, if you rock something, 
and you're like, oh, like, I don't look good. That's what it's going to come off as, you know. But if you rock something wild and it's like, yeah, I look sick. Then, you know, everyone thinks you look sick. You know what I mean? So I think that's a big part of it. And, uh, yeah, I think it's about just finding, you know, actually being passionate about it and actually knowing what you like and not just, like, going for what you think people are going to think looks good or something, you know. It's like, okay, I actually like that. Like, I'm actually going to wear this and I'm comfortable in it and it looks good and, like, that's swag. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's cool. Um, and I think that's a lot of like what I do now, you know, like I wear a lot of just like really neutral, plain shit. I just love plain black tees, white tees, gray tees, and a pair of baggy pants. Like that's my favorite fit. You know what I mean? Like a, a thermal under a baggy black shirt with a baggy pants. Like that's sick to me. You know what I mean? Um, I don't like to, I'm not like a, I need to be like all colorful and like stand out hard as fuck. But like everyone's different. And I think, like I said, whatever fits for you works for you. And that's, that's cool. You know, that is fashion. Wonderful. Wonderful. Agreed. So oh, yeah, Garzi, lastly, the best part of the conversation, what can your fans look forward to myself included in terms of new music tours, projects, what can you discuss just opine on? I'd love to hear you talk about it. Yes, sir. So like I said earlier, we've got the album on the way that's uh, just about done. So you can hopefully expect the album this year. I don't want to misspeak, but we're shooting for a release this year. New singles should be out next month in March. Uh, we're in February currently. Um, so March, we should have a new single. And then April, we're doing a co-headline with uh, Groupthink. We're doing a six-show co-headline. Uh, we're hitting Sacramento, LA again, uh, San Diego. We're hitting Chicago, Atlanta, and then New York. So that's uh, what I've got set up for the, for the year so far. And uh, yeah, man, it's been, it's been a dope conversation. I appreciate you for having me on, man. Well, it's been my absolute pleasure it goes without saying you're one of my favorite artists i think i speak for a lot of people and it's just been amazing of course of course appreciate it well shout out everybody man shout out my guy appreciate y'all